1: I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We aim to make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural, and that's exactly what we're going to do on this episode of The Secret Podcast. I am excited to have my good friend and Sixth Sense Media co-founder, author Ray Davis, will be on the air this evening in just a few short moments. He has uncovered a major piece to the disclosure story He's uncovered, I don't want to say the rest of the story, but he's uncovered more of the story. This is the only place you are hearing this right now on The Secret Podcast and through Sixth Sense Media. Thanks to the research of Ray Davis. I'm excited to talk about this and his findings. We're going to get to that in just a minute. The holiday season is upon us. The Christmas holiday just ended. Wow. I've got three small children. This was an exhausting, <laughs> exhausting Christmas for me. Oh my gosh, it took me a couple of days to recover from uh, all the festivities and the excitement of my kids. You know, and, and I found the irony. Um, you know, my children got several, several little AI robots uh, running around my house right now. Given all the attention, I've. Uh, looked at with AI, and it really made me think. I mean, this stuff is being given to our children, and and uh, they're integrating with it. We, they had something called a, a hatchimal, and it's a little animal that hatches out of an egg, but it's it interacts with you first. So you have to rub the egg, you have to shake it a little bit, and then it actually comes to life, and it you know its eyes start to glow through, like the egg starts to glow, and it pecks its way out of the egg, and then once it's out it evolves. You have to teach it stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a little robot. It's, it's, it's fascinating, but you know, this is where the future is going. It's like a little pet for my kids. Uh, so, you know, they got that. And then there was, I think they got these wrist watches. you know, some of the wearable technology. Now it's getting them addicted to the tech. Of course, I'm, I'm monitoring it closely, but uh, this is here. This is, uh, like I said, it's something I've been covering for a while. I just thought it was ironic that my kids ended up getting these, these little AI robots that are, uh, now running around my house hopefully not connected to the internet of things gathering data on us plotting our demise i don't think we're at that point just yet in the world but it was uh, interesting to see that come through I had an opportunity to uh, to connect with some friends over the past week and it left me feeling uh, thankful and inspired i you know it's it's amazing to me when i find out that somebody i know Listens to my show or, or has an interest in it, it, it just always warms my heart, uh, and I'm so excited. And, and I spoke with somebody who I knew was a listener, but uh, today we had a, a nice conversation. Uh, and all I can say is, is, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be doing this show and have the opportunity to connect with people, uh, people I've known for a long time, and the new friends that I'm making through the show. Uh, because it it creates a dialogue, which is one of which has always been one of my goals, is to make conversations of this nat- this nature uh, more natural, more common, less uncomfortable, and that's happening. That's really happening, and I'm I'm just thrilled to death um, to be a part of it and, and to uh, just to be a part of this show. And for all of you out there that continually listen and and have reached out to me through emails and, and messages and, and phone calls. Um, it, it does mean the world to me, and I am truly, truly thankful for uh, for those interactions and that we're sharing this journey together. So we're coming to uh, a close of the year 2017. For me personally, this has been a challenging year. I'm happy to see it go. Uh, but from the Sixth Sense Media and the Seeker Podcast perspective, I just want to highlight some of the stories that have been big in our headlines that that I've been tracking, uh, you know, pretty closely here, some things that I think are uh, noteworthy of reflection for 2017. Things worth remembering. Did quite a bit exploring the artificial intelligence development what that could mean, you know, the, the worst case scenarios, the best case scenarios. And I really enjoyed the uh, looking at the comparisons to the ancient religious texts as well with AI and the archons and the aeons and the false realities. It was fascinating to me to watch these connections unfold in the mainstream and then see the parallels in in sources like the Nag Hammadi library and even the book of Enoch that I got into in some other shows. Uh, so that was one of my highlights for the year. Then we had the disclosure that, uh, you know, I've been tracking for quite some time, the build-up with Tom DeLonge and even David Wilcock and Stephen Greer. And then to finally get that New York Times article out there to give a little bit more, I guess, punch to the UFO investigation now that the mainstream and the Pentagon are acknowledging their existence. So that's been huge. Lots of uh, good discussions on that, and I'll be getting into that deeply with Ray Davis in just a little bit. Uh, And then the remote viewing. Uh, I don't know of any other podcasts that, that host remote viewing sessions and trainings through the podcast. And I don't mean to sound conceited. I hope that's not how I'm coming off. I'm just, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of how we're all taking a chance, our remote viewing cohort. And we're, we're taking a chance and we're experimenting and we're seeing, hey, there is something to this. We all do have that sixth sense. And I am so proud and so thankful to be a part of that experiment and that journey in seeing how we can relate to this universe and this reality that we exist within and stretch our senses to perceive things that may not be right in front of us and, and uh, attainable through our traditional five senses. So the remote viewing cohort, cohort is something that uh, I, I am very proud of and thankful for those that have been participating in that experiment. And uh, last but not least... The creation of Six Sense Media with my uh, my partner, my partner in crime against the establishment, Ray Davis. I think we've done some wonderful things here. The website's in the works. We were just talking about that uh, earlier today. Uh, trying to get that website launched, but the the social media platform through Facebook, through Twitter. Um, you know, I, I'm so proud of that. I'm so honored to work with somebody like Ray. Uh, he's just such a genuine, caring, compassionate person, and he's a wealth of information. And he's been sharing fascinating stories through the social media feeds. Like I said, I get a lot of my news now through the uh, the, the Twitter feed of, of Sixth Sense Media because Ray has his finger on the pulse of the world is what I've been finding out now. Um, so uh, I'm just so proud and thankful for that. So those are my highlights for... Uh, for the Secret Podcast, I'm looking for t- 2018. Sixth Sense Media will continue to grow. We're hoping to pull in more interested parties, uh, content creators, people that want to work behind the scenes, people that want to contribute to this movement that we're that we're putting together. Um, you know, and we're just trusting our intuition and our instincts on this one and seeing where it takes us. But if you have an interest and you want to join, please get in touch. We're, we're looking for people that that um, you know believe in what we're doing and, and want to help us grow. Uh, you know, with Sixth Sense Media and and to promote yourselves as well because we all have our own personal journeys. I think this platform can be used to help that. Okay, that's enough of my commercials. I have three quick news stories that I want to get to and then I want to hurry up and get to Ray because we have quite the exciting discussion. This first one comes to us through the New York Post. The heading The heading is a little bit misleading, I think, here. Um, And this is a little bit older. It's dated December 11th, but it's worth sharing. Discovery in Antarctica changes everything we know about aliens. Now, this caught my attention, obviously, because of the David Wilcox stuff, talking about uh, a lost city being discovered in Antarctica. And he said it was going to be released through secondary media sources like the New York Post. This has nothing to do with any of that. This is talking about bacteria. But it's still noteworthy and interesting here. Um, What it says here, Bacteria discovered on the icy continent of Antarctica is set to change the way humanity looks for alien life on other planets. To date, our search for habitable worlds that could host alien life has been guided by what we know about life-conducive conditions on Earth. But a new breakthrough... Researchers have discovered a bacterium in Antarctica that can survive solely off chemicals in the air. And it goes on to talk about the bacteria and, you know, how they're looking for, we can start looking for different things now. This has always confused me, is that, I mean, I guess it makes sense from a scientific standpoint, but when we search for life, we're looking for life based on what we know life is. But life could be anything, I think, as, as we've talked about on this show time and time again. I mean, we could have intelligence out there that is nothing but pure energy that that's invisible, that's whatever. that has nothing to do with you know matter whatsoever. So I, I always kind of roll my eyes a little bit when we when I think we're so limited in our search and our scope for other life out there. I think we're looking for life similar to us. I guess that makes sense. but I think we need to be mindful that the universe is so vast. And there's so many infinite possibilities out there. Life could come in so many different ways. And this, you know, hey, this is one for diversity here with the bacteria. They are gonna, they can now expand their search for different life forms uh, based on the way they're consuming their energy out there. Uh, speaking of which, they're consuming chemicals right out of the air, much like what I say is the energetic parasites that consume that energy right out of thin air. Things are tying in, folks. Things are tying in. This next one just came across my feed. This is from thediplomat.com. Introducing the DF-17, China's newly tested ballistic missile armed with a hypersonic glide vehicle. This is the stuff of the future, my friends. The DF-17 is the first hypersonic glide vehicle-equipped missile intended for operational deployment ever tested. China carried out the first flight tests of a new kind of ballistic missile, with a hypersonic glide vehicle in November, the diplomat has learned, according to the U.S. government source who described recent intelligence assessments of the People's Liberation Army Rocket Force, on the condition of anonymity, China recently conducted two tests of a new missile known as the DF-17. The first test took place on November 1st, and the second test took place on the 15th. The November 1st test was the first Chinese ballistic missile test to take place after the conclusion of the plenum of the Communist Party of China's 19th party congress in october okay so weaponry is changing at a drastic rate again this thing if you've ever seen a movie flight of the navigator i'm going way back to the 80s that's kind of what this craft reminds me of but i think 2018 we're gonna see some wild sci-fi become sci-reality technology that comes out and i hope we don't end up in another war but i think if we ever do end up in another war we're gonna see some really uh, wild, scary tech coming out there. Not to be a scary type of guy today. I don't want to do that. All right, last article that I'm pulling today comes from unknown country, titled "Russian Man." I mean, Russian-made code in FBI security software has cybersecurity experts concerned. Two whistleblowers from French aerospace and defense conglomerate Safran SA have revealed that the company bought computer code from a Russian company with connections to the Kremlin, incorporated the code into their own fingerprint recognition software, and sold their product to the Federal Bureau of Investigation without disclosing the presence of the Russian-made code to the FBI. Analysts are concerned that the code could provide a backdoor for Kremlin-backed hackers to steal biometric data, a potential problem compounded by the fact that over 18,000 other law enforcement agencies in the U.S., including the TSA, rely on the FBI's fingerprint database, which may have been completely compromised. Now, this is one of the problems with tech, man, and once it's compromised, oh, my gosh. Speaking of which, I mean, you know, I am concerned with the new iPhone having the facial recognition to unlock your phone. I don't use the thumbprint identifier on my current iPhone that I have now. Embarrassed to admit that, but they are gathering so much data on us in so many different capacities. It's it's become it is impossible to hide nowadays. It's pretty scary. Not going doom and gloom today. Just wanted to uh, get to those stories. I will have these linked in the show notes at serviceofchange.com and in the secret newsletter that will be out this Sunday, which I believe is New Year's Eve. I'm recording this early. It's Thursday, December 28th today because I have company coming into town so we can enjoy our New Year's festivities over the weekend. I hope you all have uh, some plans to do something and uh, make it a wonderful New Year as we say goodbye to 2017 and hello to 2018. Speaking of hellos, I'd like to say hello to my friend, Ray Davis, and I'm going to bring him on the air right now. Okay, friends, I have Ray Davis on the line, the man who needs no introduction, the author of Anunnaki Awakening, the founder of the Affirmation Spot. He's always got something positive to say. He is the brains behind the Sixth Sense Media connection to all the current events, the latest and greatest what's going on. Ray, I'm so happy to have you back on the air. How are you doing this evening, my friend?
0: Hey, Dennis. I'm doing great. Great to be with you again.
1: You know, we've been going back and forth with excitement ever since this big disclosure announcement has come out. And uh, just the other day, you, you dropped a ton of knowledge. You're blowing up my Facebook feed like all day as I'm going through trying to keep up with what you had. And, uh, you know, I figured this, you sound so well read in this. You've been doing a lot of background. And I so said, we got to get this on the air. We need to share this with the listeners as we are continuing to track this story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, in, in anything like this, I don't think any of us thought this was going to be a clean um, situation, a clean process. And I think, you know, we've uncovered some interesting things that, you know, might shed a little more light on, on some of what's going on with this and maybe some of the things that have not really been talked about, you know, in the mainstream media that are, you know, really important related to this story. And it, it's kind of curious why, you know, these things have not come out in the in the mainstream discussions that we've been you know, seen in in both uh, written format and and in interviews on TV.
1: It seems like an echo chamber. They keep parroting the same story, nothing new comes out, they're just all saying the same thing and and not really going anywhere with it. It's enigma to me.
0: Yeah, that's really fascinating, isn't it? It's it's almost like there's been a slow drip of, um, like you say, basically the same story over and over again, almost like they're trying to drill this story into our heads. I mean, you know, not... Not saying there's anything nefarious about that per se, and that you know, I mean, obviously this is something that needs to. Be, we kind of need to break through kind of a lot of barriers that people had to this kind of information, and so I think um, you know, it could be a smart strategy to try to get this out there in a way that really resonates with people. I mean, that could be a good thing, but I think on the on the other side, I mean, it also you know has the potential to be something where it feels like someone's trying to control the narrative and really get this set of facts set in people's heads. Um, and as we know, you know, from any many other stories that we see in the news, you know, once a certain set of facts are established in people's heads, people are, are not as open to other, you know, ancillary information of that. A lot of times they have the facts in their head, and that, that's what the truth is. So I think it's something that, that we need to talk about, watch, and, and, and be a little concerned about as we go forward here.
1: Excellent point. And, you know, what I'm looking at with this, though, is that they're not really expanding more on the story. I mean, the extent of the story is we saw these unidentified craft, uh, they're not ours, and then that's where it stops. I mean, I don't understand the point of just releasing that piece of information and not saying anything else. I, 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 don't, I don't get that. It, it leaves me with a lot more questions.
0: Yeah, they have stuck to a very simple version. So uh, let me just share with the audience that, um, you know, what I found um, doing a little research the other night is that this incident, what I, which I would call the, the USS Nimitz incident, Um, you know, that we now know happened back in 2004 and it's been kind of the subject of of all this mainstream media release. Um, That story was shared in in great detail on a website called Fightersweep.com, which is a fighter pilot military, you know, um, page for people who are really into that stuff. It's all all news all the time about fighters and military and, and that sort of thing. So I'm guessing it's mostly, you know, Pilots, former pilots, people are just interested in that kind of stuff. That follow that page, and then back in 2015, March of 2015, they had detailed this NIMS incident in in, in significant detail and, and provided a number of facts in that article that we have not heard in kind of the simplified version that has been, you know, shared in the mainstream media. Um, you know, there were other people involved, other pilots involved in what was seen. Um, there were some things related to what happened when they were up there that have not been shared in any of the mainstream reports that I've seen, or even the interviews with uh, Commander Fravor. Now, what's, so, uh, very, can, very
1: can interesting. I repeat for one second, Ray? What's what's the source of that, where they're getting this information about this incident?
0: Well, you know, as, as, as I said, this is a website that is kind of run by people who are kind of in that community. And... Um, so I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't really check into the background of who wrote this article, but obviously mm-hmm. he had talked to, you know, the people involved and had um, firsthand information. There were quotes from the different pilots okay. and the different people that were involved in that kind of thing. So,
1: wow, okay, so this this is pretty uh, a pretty big deal that this was out there. Then he interviewed and The pilots gave a more detailed description than what was released through the New York Times articles. What you're saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, and you know, I don't, I don't know if that was. Um, selective editing by the New York Times, or if it just, you know, they were trying to keep to a simple narrative of what happened, but there was just a lot more detail, some of which, you know, would be a little bit concerning, I think. Um, you know, um, kind of where this, this came down is that um, there were two different flights, as, as Commander Fraber has outlined in his, in his interviews on television, on the mainstream media, um, his flight and another flight, and these are these are two seat planes, right? So each of them have the pilot, Commander Fraver being the pilot, and one of the planes his his back seat, and then um, you know another pilot. Um, prior to them um, getting over the site in this particular incident on this particular day, which was uh, November 14, thousand four, apparently, um, there was a colonel who had also uh, launched and had been um, sent by. Um, basically the operations team uh, for the carrier group, out to investigate the, this object. Um, they picked it up on their radar um, from the ship. Uh, all the planes, when they got out there, none of them could pick it up on their radar. Um, the colonel, and I his name escapes me right at the moment, but he, he is the one who actually saw um, something under the surface, potentially, and this craft hovering down low, um, which is kind of interesting because, um, you know, Commander Fravor in his interviews has has mentioned that he didn't see anything under the water. He just saw the craft hovering low and and you know the the sea being kicked up by it. Basically, um, this colonel um, actually saw um, something under the water. He he described it as sort of docking with this thing, and this thing was hovering above it in the water. Mm-hmm. He basically was running low, had to go back. Um, and was leaving about the time that Commander Fravor and the other plane, you know, came on, came over the site, and then it kind of picks up with the story, kind of what you've heard, but what what you didn't hear is that you know they could not. They had brand new; these are brand new planes. And in that article, um, Commander Fravor and others mentioned the fact that these were like top of the line, best, you know, brand new, brand new jets. Said it, said it still had that new kind of had the best radar that we had at that time on on the planes, and none of the planes could pick it up. So the the, the radar on the ship was picking it up, but none of the planes could pick it up. But they they were able to get this visual of it. Um, and, you know, so it's interesting, one, that their instruments were not working, not able to pick this thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, two, they were not carrying live ordnance, although it does mention that article that they were asked by the operations, you know, crew aboard the USS Princeton was the ship that was controlling this operation. Um, they were asked if they had live ordnance before they went up, and they, they did not, because it was supposed to be kind of a test, you know. They were testing, battle testing, everything before deployment. Right. And um, they did not. So, um, he tried to engage this thing. It, You know, just like he described in his interview, basically, he cut across, it shot off. But they did not tell us in the New York Times article or in any of the you know subsequent interviews that I've seen is that this thing shoots off, and they leave the story there. But what it did is it went back to their rendezvous point, Exactly. In fact, the ship radios to him. sir. you're not going to believe this, basically, but this ship is now sitting right at the rendezvous point where they started, you know, where he and the other plane had rendezvous to go out and check this out. Mm-hmm. And like in, you know, in less than a minute, basically, this thing had gone 60 miles and was sitting there. So they headed back in that direction. By the time they got there, it was gone.
1: That's and sending a message, that, I'd say.
0: Absolutely. So they, you know, none of this was, you know, described, like I said, in, the, in any of the mainstream... Either articles or the interviews that I've seen, so I thought this was really interesting. This was two and a half years ago that this information was all out there.
1: That's an amazing find, Ray. That's excellent detective work on your part, man. Um, definitely more to this this story, and that's an interesting piece. I mean, he said he saw something under the surface that this may have been docking with, and and again. We can speculate all day long, but one of the things I talked about in last week's show, that we don't know where these things come from. They could come from the depths of the oceans, because there have been countless countless accounts. Can I say that? There's been countless claims of craft coming in and out of the oceans. I mean, who knows where this thing's coming from? I could go in a thousand different directions with that.
0: You know, absolutely. I think think we have to be cautious about determining what it is, but I think we can certainly, um, you know perhaps rule some things out. And, you know, I think you and I had also chatted as a number of people have talked about, you know, some of the, uh, you know, expert opinion on this, so to speak. You know, we we know that the, uh, the, you know, the astronomy community, SETI, those groups are not really interested or excited in talking about the potential of aliens being here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a long-standing reason why astronomers aren't really interested in aliens being able to travel here, because it would probably end astronomy as we know it, right? But... Um, it'd be a game changer. The other, it'd be a game changer. The other interesting thing is we had you know Neil deGrasse Tyson go on CNN um, mm-hmm. a few days after after this uh, was disclosed for the first time, and and you know basically didn't really say anything substantive other than to kind of you know mock it a little bit and say what right. well, should be investigated and invite me over when when the aliens uh, invite you to dinner and, and that sort of thing. But um, I think the interesting thing here is is that you know there's been this speculation put out there well maybe it's some sort of you know russian or chinese craft um and you know i, I just don't think there's any evidence i think i think the pilots are probably right that there's nothing certainly publicly known that mm-hmm. the united states or any other country in the world has that can do what they say they saw this vehicle do now i think you and i have talked that you know i think we know there are black budget things that is that right. a even a decorated fighter pilot would not be aware of, and and maybe this could have been some sort of a test of a human craft, very advanced craft, to kind of see how our, you know, regular, you know, run-of-the-mill aircraft would be, uh, would respond to it, or how could Mm -hmm. they track it, could they, and how would they deal with it? So it could have been some sort of a test like that, but, you know, my question to that is, is if we have something like that, why wouldn't we be using it, right? And why would we not be using it in Iraq or Syria or Afghanistan, right? So I think there's a lot of evidence that it's not a human craft, which leaves us with other things. You know, could this have been a natural phenomenon? I think that's where a lot of the scientific community wants to kind of go. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what it is, so, you know, right. it's not aliens or something like that. I think what, what we're getting to, though, is is it's, it's it seems to have been intelligently controlled, and I think the fact that they left this part out, that it went back to the rendezvous point, mm-hmm. is significant. That in, indicates intelligent absolutely, you know, movement. Um, that it, it almost has to be something that's either alien or a hidden civilization here on earth or something extra dimensional or something like that. But clearly we're not dealing with something that's in mainstream human, you know, technology.
1: You know, and, we're speculating right now, so we can go off the deep end like I like to do from time to time. But, I mean, Stephen Greer talks about the black budget and the secret space program and how, you know, through this program, there's craft that are identical to the alien spaceships that we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And then you've got the whole crazy Cory Good story with uh, David Wilcock about the secret space program. Maybe there's some credibility to that. Maybe they are black budget, and, and the reason why they're not engaged in Iraq is because there's something bigger going on well beyond these wars or something we just aren't privy to at this point in time.
0: Well, that's quite possible. So, I mean, another possibility is, right, we we accidentally, this wasn't, they weren't supposed to see this, right? Right. I mean, there's the potential that, I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at that. It could have been a setup for them to see this, to make sure they thought, to make sure it eventually got out. The only question about that is, is why, if, if, if it were some sort of a craft like that, you know, why would they choose that when they're trying to do this disclosure? Why would they choose an incident like that to disclose? Because that would seem to kind of tip the hand to the Russians, the Chinese, potential adversaries, that we have things like this. So and,
1: unless they're all in on it.
0: Exactly. That could be. Well, you and I talked about, you know, a very scary idea. But I think one that, you know, if we're going to really consider this deeply, then I think we need to consider the possibility that, you know, there, there could be connections— um, among some of these black budget projects that various countries are working on. And if there is, you know, what we have called a cabal or, you know, a group on this planet that's trying to dominate the planet, um, it could be that they are keeping technology to themselves that none of the nation states, the United States, Russia, China, you know, the mainstream militaries have. And maybe this is a message to all of them that, hey, we've got something you can't touch, so don't mess with us, you know. That's also potential. Um, yeah, that's,
1: an, that's sure. an interesting point, uh, um, you know, because I, I am of the mindset that I think that there is, I, I mean, you look at all the, you know, uh, what was that one uh, documentary called All Wars Are Banker Wars, and it ties in how, you know, the banks are playing both mm-hmm. sides, and, and those people in those corporate power structures are above, they seem to be above government, and they seem to orchestrate wars and be playing both sides uh, and, and making mm-hmm. a profit off of it, so who's to say they're not behind some kind of black budget with these UFOs and these crazy craft? Y- you know that, that that's something that goes through my mind regularly but I, I wanted to point out a different um, aspect as well I guess back right when I first started doing the show there was uh, I did a show called uh, proof of invisible entities it was Thundercorp, I guess they had this new reverse optic lens that they put out and they were looking for dark matter and what they ended up finding were these energetic entities that were they, they said they found them predominantly over military installations and places with technology uh, but he was calling them invisible entities and they were claiming to be able to repeat this caught a lot of flack a lot of people were out there trying to discredit this guy and talking about how he's just in it to make money and whatever but i just finished reading whitley Strieber's book called the supernatural and one of the things they reference i have to go back and look for it um, but they talked about, uh, it sounded like solid research that there are plasma entities that, you know, they seem to be intelligent that exist in our atmosphere and that sometimes may be somehow tied into, if not the cause of a lot of these UFO phenomenon and tied into, the, you know, extra dimensional or interdimensional beings and that the plasma is a medium by which... You know, it changes form through, I I can't even quote everything he was saying, but it's something worth looking into is this plasma in the atmosphere that could account for some of this as well.
0: That's really interesting, and you know, you you just struck a little nerve, you know, because, um, you know, back when, um, you know, the Columbia Space Shuttle crashed, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was talk that, that there are these plasma fields that, circulate in our atmosphere at times, and that that was one of the possibilities of what might have caused that crash was, it, was, was the craft coming in contact with one of those, which is really a fascinating little side note to what hmm. you just said. I think it's, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. there was no mention they were intelligent, but scientists were acknowledging that these things flood around the atmosphere and are, are a threat potentially to a vehicle coming back into the atmosphere.
1: I wonder I wonder if that's why this story is being... Again, I think this story is being released to, to kind of corral people's thinking in a specific direction and away from other directions because when you really start digging into the UFO phenomenon, you can't help but to also look at aspects of religion which lead you down a path of spirituality, which gives you an understanding of why politics may be structured. I mean, it gives you this whole... I guess opened up worldview compared to where you were when you started a different worldview, and maybe that's what they're trying to do is corral people away from understanding that. My point in saying all that is, I think the plasma and the energy up in there obviously, you know, has an impact on our own consciousness. And the more we understand these things that are out there, the more we interact with them, the stronger and more knowledgeable we become.
0: Well, I think that's you know absolutely spot on. You know, I think I think people like David Ike have been talking about that for a long time, you know, saying that that, that it's really um, what they're trying to prevent is is us individually and as a species recognizing the power that we do have within us. You know, the the right. spiritual aspect of ourselves that's more than the material, you know, worker bee that goes to work every day and and works in the, the proverbial mill and, and turns out the GDP and and, and keeps the, the whole thing going. You know, I mean, they don't want us to think beyond that and, and, and question and realize, come to the realization that we have the power really to have a completely different civilization than the one that they have control of right now. And that's one in which they will not have control anymore. And I think that's a driving factor behind a lot of what we see going on, you know, getting off this topic a little bit, even some of the ways they divide us in the media, and we're constantly, you know, you know, race versus race, religion versus religion, gender versus gender, all of that stuff, you know, is disempowering us as a whole to reach a consciousness level, kind of send us down kind of lower paths, if you if you want to say that, um, that keeps us from you know, raising our vibration to a level where we wouldn't have this civilization anymore. And so I think there's there's a lot of uh, that
1: going on. And I think that's been going on for a while is that, um, I, I think that's what happened with the New Age movement. I mean, I think that was the initial plan, The initial, not the initial plan, but the initial movement was, hey, we're going to raise our consciousness, we're going to raise our vibrational level. And I think that movement was infiltrated and became mm-hmm. what it is today, which is... Really, there's no weight behind it. Just saying, I'm sending love and light, I think people are losing the understanding of that connection, of the, what that really means and how to connect with the universe and the energies that are out there. Um, because I think they were getting too close. And, and I, you, know, you can make the argument in the 60s, too, people that were experimenting with the psychedelics and the hippies, uh, peace and love, make love, not war. You know, then they infiltrated that with a lot of the drugs and everything to discredit them and, and shut that movement down as well because that had the potential to change things. I think that's why Lenin was shot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think you just brought us back to this topic. I mean, you know, I mean, that – So people say, well, why would they – you know, th- this is exciting. you know? I, I compared it to today, I think, and maybe in talking to you or know I did in talking to someone else to I- – I'm a little um, – I mean, I I, want to be happy with this release. Let's let's break down just a little bit why, you know, what happened on December 16th is important. I Mm -hmm. mean, it it is important because, you know, we are still, those of us who are really into this topic and understand its significance to our lives on this planet um, are still a very small group of people. And it's really important... That this topic got put out there in all these mainstream news sources, that a lot of people feel like are the official, you know, that that gives me official permission to buy into this a little bit or believe it or at least check into a little bit, and, and that's a good thing. And, yeah. and I think what you know, Tom DeLonge and his and his folks, you know, even um, you know his 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 co-conspirators, so to speak, sort of into in, in the stars are trying to do and that. That's a good thing, and, and I support that. Right. I think what we have to look at though is that. Um, you know, I feel like, and this is harsh, but I'm going to say it because I think that it's, I, I, I even heard some people today in an interview done last night that I really respect in this field. I mean, have been around forever and a day and usually have a straight head about these things. And they were kind of responding to this, like, like kids running after the ice cream truck, you know? And I think I posted something on Facebook today talking about the fact, you know, it's not fun to be the uncool parent that says, hey, look both ways before you chase the ice cream truck. But right. I think in the way this is coming out, we need to look both ways. Absolutely. Um, we have we have an organ. you know, maybe not the individuals involved. I don't want to impugn anyone's motives here at all. I think mm-hmm. everyone involved with Two of the Stars could have pure, the purest of motives. They really want to do what they want to do. But I think we have to understand that these institutions, meaning the intelligence and defense establishments and things like this, I mean, they have a long track record. 70-plus years of misleading—let's Right. Let's just use the L word—lying to us about this. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the idea that they got up one morning and just decided that, you know, today's the day we're just going dis- to disclose all this and, and <laughs> it's all going to be good is, is, is just simplistic.
1: Yeah, that didn't I happen that way. We at, know that.
0: You know, I think we need to look at folks like Elizondo. I mean, is, is he— I mean, is he basically declaring himself an open rebellion to the, to the system by releasing this video, you know, that they had him out there? You know um, what? Or can,
1: can we pause there for a minute? Going on here? Yeah. Can we pause at that point right there? Because, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I hate always coming back to David Wilcox stuff because it's, it's so fantastic sometimes. But he's been talking about for the last year and a half that there's an alliance versus the cabal, and there's basically an open rebellion within. And then you had, uh, when when the CIA stuff came out through WikiLeaks, that there was a, a kind of discontent within the intelligence community. And that came out during the Trump election as well, that there was discontent. Mm-hmm. And I just read InfoWars was my source on it, but that, that um, people are against Mueller and his his team that are going after Trump right now, and that the there's FBI agents that are ready to stand up against so there's been a lot of talk below the surface that there is, you know, two sides within the government. You know, Tom DeLonge even said there's a war going on within D.C. that you're not aware of in one of his tweets when he was upset with, uh, I guess, some of his <clears throat> haters. So I, I wonder, um, you know, if this is his act of an open rebellion. I, I still question how much does this guy really know. Uh, you know, I, I think I still think that he, based on what I'm seeing. He hasn't seen as much as as is out there,
0: yeah, I would agree, and you know if 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 you were going to so again, we're dealing with organizations that like you say they infiltrate things, you talk about the new age movement, you talk about the peace movement, you talk about a lot of things. this is kind of their m o right i mean they mm-hmm. they they release things and it, but they're really trying to control or create a narrative related to this. Now, maybe, like I said, maybe all the players, the individual players that are out in the public right now talking about this are, are, are all honest brokers. I'm just going to assume that for the moment. Right. You know, Elizondo and all these folks, they're honest brokers. They're saying what they know. They're very enthusiastic about getting this out there. But these institutions are not giving up those secrets. That It's, it's kind of like, you know, I always think about, you know, when we have to face complex things like this, we have to break it down into something simple. And right. I think about, you know, you need to look at like these institutions kind of like, Let's say you have a grumpy old man on your street, right? Who's mean to all the kids and is always coming out and telling the kids get, get out of my yard. And that one day he starts handing out candy to the to the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, as as a parent,
1: you're going to be you know, concerned. You can
0: probably question that. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Why is that happening? And, and when I talk about these people running after the ice cream truck, I mean, you know, it's just like they're so excited that this has happened that their critical thinking is being, you know, short circuited. Right. And we're, just, and we're ready to just buy whatever they're going to give us. And I, and I think we—not that it, this is happening, not that what we got isn't something significant, maybe, although I think as we talked about earlier, this, this was not a story that was not even out there. It right. was apparently out there. So that kind of begs the question a little bit about how much of a disclosure this really was. It made it more public, certainly, but it was not like it was something that was completely top secret that they released. It was already kind of out there. Right. So, you know, why are they doing this now? What are they trying to accomplish with? Well, I think I think a wise person has to ask those questions. It's not being negative and it's not trying to, you know, make you the, make us the story by being the the agitators. It's just a smart question to ask in the situation.
1: You're absolutely right, Ray. And and make no mistake about it. It's exciting to see this in the mainstream. Initially, I was very excited about it. But I think about how long, you know, I know you and I personally have been looking into this, and so many of our listeners, of our readers, and people within the community, we spent our entire lives, some of us, questioning, what is this? What does this mean? Some of us have had some very life-changing experience connected to the UFO event. So to just, after all that fighting, all that advocating, all that research, all that hardship that we've been through, to just say, okay, we've got disclosure, I'm so excited about it, this is it, and to just accept it, I-, I think we're selling ourselves short. I think we all know there's more to this story, and we need to stay the course and keep pushing now. Now, because it's in the mainstream, it by default gives us more credibility with our tinfoil hat over here. And I think we need to use that <laughs> momentum and keep pushing it until we can get the answers that we know are out there.
0: Absolutely, and all that is positive stuff, right? That's that's what we we want to mm-hmm. achieve. But I think it's we have you know we've got to look at probably ninety-seven. I mean, probably ninety-five plus plus percent of the population. Either you know the extent of what they knew about this was maybe they watched H and aliens, or maybe they right. read a book one time, or maybe they heard something, but. I think the other concerning thing is, is, you know, both of us, you know, and, and, and there was a really good interview that's out there. They would encourage everyone to go listen to what Linda Moulton Howell put out last night with George Knapp. Mm. Um, and, you know, I mean, talk about two people who have credentials and, right. and, and, and smarts about this. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome interview. And, you know, uh, George Knapp was talking about the fact, or Linda Moulton Howell was asking about the fact that, you know, there's this, this whole 70-year history or plus. To this story, right? And right now, that ninety-five plus 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 percent of the population that's just now kind of looking at this thing like, like this—I mean, let's look at what they know. If we're joining this narrative, in they think they think um, uh, Harry Reid is the godfather of secret UFO programs in Washington. Okay, uh-huh. he did do this program, but this program was. You know, most of us believe small potatoes in the long history of this.
1: Yeah, this is nothing.
0: We believe we looked at it, we looked at it for five years. We didn't, you know. Apparently, we didn't. We haven't been told what we found or didn't find. But they quit it, which you know, supposedly, which makes them believe that there must not have been anything important there.
1: Well, they kept it and going, but these- they stopped funding it, right? Because Elonzo, uh, Il- no, I can't, I can't pronounce his name. He said that he was passing it on. There's another person who took his spot. But yes, they, they, they defunded it.
0: You know, these are, these are things that if, okay, if, you know, people are in a hurry today. They want mm-hmm. it quick and they want it fast. And, and they've been given this kind of this false sense of, and, and then, like we just talked about a while ago, I mean, there are elements even of this story. This story has not been fully reported in the way that it was reported, at least in this other, you know, this other source, you know, a couple of Correct. years ago, not in the details. So why, why have we kind of whitewashed the facts? to right. present on Fox News and CNN and the New York Times when this other information is already out there. You know, why are we doing that? It doesn't make any sense. If we're really trying to get the truth out there, if he was, you know, what, the number two, the top guy in this program and one of the top people in the Defense Department, and he kind of walked out with these videos and is going to share them now, well, why aren't we sharing the whole story? I don't understand.
1: Hey, and I'm curious about that. I've been uh, I've been kicking this around in my head since, since the launch started really making a lot of noise. Uh, and and announced his team and and what was going on. And I'm trying to look at these connections. I'm looking at the largest team. I know, first of all, the model of the To the Stars Academy. A lot of people are questioning why do they have an entertainment piece? And I think what To the Stars Academy represents is almost a microcosm of the way the government or the cabal has been doing business the whole time anyway because when they want to introduce a concept, you you know, they're, they're there's all throughout history, you can look at the, uh, the, the accounts of them using places like Hollywood to I- embed ideas and thoughts. You know, Disney with, you know, trying to get people on board for the war efforts during World War II. Um, it, you know, the list goes on. So I worry that the entertainment piece is designed to manipulate the perceptions. Whether those intentions are positive or not, I don't know, but they said they're still looking to work closely with the government, so the government kind of has a hand, in the information sharing with them is their goal. I think this is just an extension of the same agenda. they're just kind of giving it a public view now
0: yeah i think I think they are which 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 kind of normalizes it a bit, but it also kind of gives people the impression that that you I don't want to impute. <laughs> The intelligence people, but I mean, it's the impression that, that that's the whole story, right? I mean, that, right. that We're now giving you this. There's nothing else you need to see. here. just focus on what we're going to feed you. You know, follow the ice cream truck and don't pay attention to what's going on over here. You know, and 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 if if let's just let's just think about it, if this 70 year long secret. It was, is about to break or is about to ha- something happen? One operation that I might use to misdirect would be to throw something out. You know, it's like throwing. What do planes do? I forget what it is. You know, when they're or uh, militaries, it's counterme or, I mean, a, a submarines, it's countermeasures, right? right. When you have a torpedo coming out, you. throw out countermeasures, right, to distract the torpedo from right. You know, coming and hitting hitting the submarine. And and and, and I, I can't get out of my head. That there's a possibility. I'm, again, I'm not saying that any of the players involved are, are, are aware of this. I'm just saying from an institutional standpoint, why? Why is we haven't heard anything from the Department of Defense definitively on? Yes, this, you know they haven't said anything. They haven't said bad, negative, whatever. They just right. have kind of let this stand out there, which kind of tells me that they're okay with whatever narrative is being pushed out there right now. Being mm-hmm. there, right? If we look at the long history of deception, then we have to say. You know, What's going on that they're willing to let that be in the light? You know, we have to kind of keep our hand on our eye. On the other
1: hand, I think. So. I, I agree, and you know, it's interesting because um, back to Wilcock again. He said, as you know, as the pedophilia arrests are beginning to be made, they're going to start releasing information about UFOs and, and things of that nature. I mean, he said that a, a year ago. Um, And we do, we have Hollywood, you know, they're cracking down hard on Hollywood and this stuff is starting to come out. So I I have to wonder, you know, is, is the guy right? Is he telling the truth here and what's been happening? Or is it just an odd coincidence that as this stuff's happening, then they start to release a UFO story, Um, you you know, and that would give credibility to his, you know, the Cabal versus the Alliance, uh, you know, narrative, I guess. Well,
0: and I do think there is something to that, you know, I I don't have... The sources that he has, that he right. says he has, but I mean, I, 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 you know, I think we can even look on the surface and we can kind of see the, you know, the, um, the signs that something like that might might be going on. Now it's a little hard to imagine sometimes that there's like this secret ninja war going on behind the scenes and right. people are being taken out and arrested and and all this kind of stuff that that you know, kind of the mass arrest he's talking about. But I, I think there is definitely a a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in just more mundane things, like, you know, policy towards certain countries and things like that, I think there's disagreement on, on the way we should go, and I think people have taken the kind of, you know, doing it their own way, but I, I think this is like the ultimate, this is either like the ultimate, you know, quote-unquote disclosure, or it's the ultimate distraction, right? There's probably no other story, there's no other card they could pull out of the deck and lay on the table that ought to be more distracting to whatever else they don't want you to see than this. Right. And so I think... You know, again, I'm not trying to send the negative vibes. I think we need to be happy that that they, you know, it's almost like good that if, if that's what's happening, it's almost good they had to lay that card on the table. We finally forced them to lay that card on the table a little bit. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. It, but we it, need
0: to keep pushing.
1: It cracks the door a little bit where before they said there wasn't even a door. So now we're saying, oh, there's a door and it's partially open. We need to now push our way through.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, but that's what I'm not seeing in the media, is in the mainstream yes. media, they're not asking the, the follow-up questions that any ordinary person on the street would want to know, right? I mean, okay, well, what does that, you know, what does this mean? If you say, if you tell me all these things, what does that mean? You know, what's what's our official policy now? You know, are we, how are we dealing with these things? I mean, because none of, it's like, it's like, you know, we talked about yesterday. You know, some of these mainstream media folks are not going to ask those questions. Yeah. They're not gonna ask what does this mean for our defense policy? What does this mean for, you know, our global relations with other countries? What does this mean about, you know, a lot of different things that we do, you know?
1: And taking um, it they're even, not gonna ask those questions. And taking it even further, I mean, you somebody should look at the history and say, Well, okay, maybe a lot of these people are correct and obviously they were seeing craft. What about the people who claim to have encountered beings? What about the people who have claimed to have been abducted? It's not hard to find those accounts and those stories. What does that mean for our society? There's good data out there. There's good research out there. It's just not in the mainstream. I'd love to see a journalist do something like that. Do a piece on that, a, an hour-long you know, breakdown without the sarcasm and the laughter saying, hey, these people are claiming to have had these experiences. What's Get the conversation going.
0: You know, I will say something that I I wouldn't say, but I mean, you know, this was in a publicly posted interview. You know, I, was, I mentioned the interview between Linda Moulton Howe mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, George Knapp that happened, I think, the night before last. That's out on YouTube now. Anyone can go find. It. In fact, we posted it on Six Sense Media today. Um, George Knapp knew a lot. It basically, said that there's a lot of these things that he's known for a while. Right. That he, that he did not report on because he understood that the plan eventually was to take this to the New York Times, to, you know, organizations like that, and that that he recognized that that for this to have the most effect, that's the way it had to go, that if he just did a local thing in Las Vegas, you know, little UFO guy, that it was not going to get the traction that it gets by going to the New York Times. I think that's been validated. But there are people, I think, who do have more knowledge about this that, that are not saying everything that they know, he but so I said that say that to say this. He said, you know, that we need to be patient. That that more is coming, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, that that more is going to happen. And again, I don't want to judge to the stars or Tom DeLong or any right. of these folks right now. I think I think what they d- achieved was was amazing because we've never seen never been done mainstream before. media light up about this before. Yep. But we just got to we just got to go into it with open eyes and realize that not everyone. You know, they're not just handing candy out on the
1: street here. <laughs> right, right. No, you, Ray, you're absolutely right, and that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I think that speaks to the experience of uh, of George Knapp in un- having the foresight and, and the consideration to say, you know what, I'm not going to be the hero here. I'm going to allow this information to get presented in the way that it's going to have the best impact. You know, he's he is a pretty credible guy. Um, so mm-hmm. that's reassuring to hear that he allowed this to come out in the fashion that it did because he felt it's the best way to get the credibility behind these stories. So I'm curious what's coming out next and and what the agenda is. I'm frustrated because I just want to know it all right now. Um, But I I hope that there's people with good intentions that are are out there. Of course, I'm highly skeptical and I'll I'll remain that way until I see otherwise. Well,
0: I think we have to be. And I don't think there's anything negative about that. I think Mm -hmm. we have been twisted and turned and and misled for a long time and you know it, it, it would be silly you know to talking about like an abusive relationship right
1: <laughs> right
0: when when you've been abused and and they come back and say oh i'm sorry i love you you know i really want to you know i mean no you know you want to you want to maintain that detachment a little bit and and see your guard up. things happen before you give them that that benefit of that doubt you mm-hmm. know so
1: absolutely ray ray we're uh we're running out of time here i, I wanted to go to uh, an article you posted the other day i just wanted to read your concluding statement if that's okay um you know you posted on, on raydavis.com com, and it was uh talking about all of these events that have happened and-, and i was so moved by your final statement here it-, it said uh it's time for our species to take the next step and become part of the galactic community around us for us to be useful contributors to that community we do not only need to change some things about our planet we also need to change some things about ourselves. Technology is one measure of advancement, and we have made amazing strides, but its wisdom, compassion, and empowered mindsets are the currency of an advanced race. We don't need orders from headquarters. We only need courage, conviction, and our sixth sense to move forward. Let the Pentagon and CNN do their thing. I think that's beautiful, Ray, and it, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think of how I want to wrap this up, and this captures exactly how I'm feeling, you know. Let them do their thing. Let us let our intuition be our guide. Let us find our own answers, and continue to strive to better our, as we say at Sixth Sense, better ourselves, better each other, and better the world. I think you captured that really well. Uh, I'll definitely have this article linked in the show notes and in the newsletter when that goes out this weekend. But uh, you know, this was a beautiful article and really excellent concluding statement. I think to uh, to sum up. What we can do as the public, instead of, you know, feeling the frustration, I'm waiting for this information to come out. What do we do now? I think that was a, some some great advice there, Ray.
0: Thank you. I, I get inspired to write these things sometimes and I, I don't even know where it comes from sometimes. So I'm, <laughs> that's I'm a, always that's happy a when it hits
1: the mark. Comment of a talented writer there so many times it's like I don't know where the information came from, it just came out. You know, and that that's good that you're able to be in touch with that. You know, it, it's interesting. Um you know the the last statement I, I think I'm gonna make you mentioned the galactic community around us. And uh, when I saw that, I I made a connection in my head. You know, years ago, I read Courtney Brown's book. uh, I think his first one was Cosmic Voyage. And Courtney Brown, you know, he's the founder of the Farsight Institute, does the remote viewing that that I've been tracking and talking about on the show for a long time. Um, But he was big on, with the contacts he made through his remote viewing sessions, he was actually in communication with ETs. And he was pushing for... Uh, the Earth to be united and join what he called the Galactic Federation. Now, I believe Edgar Mitchell was pushing for the same thing in his emails that were leaked through WikiLeaks to John Podesta. Uh, I'm making Mm -hmm. some quick connections here. And Mitchell was saying, though, the only way we can join it is if we don't weaponize space, we got to change our weapons policies here on Earth. And then also we know Podesta was linked to Tom DeLonge, uh, and Tom DeLonge was sitting there and he was going to put this all out there, make Podesta seem like a hero and, and get everything out there so we could have this big disclosure piece. But I'm just tying it back to the galactic community. That is a a recurring theme that seems to have come up for a while. And uh, my last piece here is that Courtney Brown, who was pushing for the galactic you know, federation, the galactic community, is tied in directly through the remote viewing program, to Hal Putoff, who is the founder of Remote Viewing with the government, who is also one of the members of the board of the To the Stars Academy. So I'm, I'm really curious about what his angle is and what connections he's made through this process.
0: Well, and what did Gene Roddenberry call it, the United Federation of Planets? And you know what? Um, there's there's a circulating, in fact, there was even an episode on ancient aliens a, a couple of years ago that Gene Roddenberry came into the know about a lot of this stuff at some point in time and that a lot of the stuff that we see in star trek you know was not made up mm-hmm. So.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and that's interesting because there's a section in, in brown's book i think it's his first one or his second one where he talked about how there was a, an actual device that was transmitting information to people the writers and he specifically mentioned star trek it gives them ideas in some cases to write about these things that are in fact real uh, that was, you know, mm-hmm. the E.T.'s way of kind of preparing us. Again, using Hollywood, using TV to prepare the subconscious so it's not so much of a shock to the system if a ship was to appear in the skies. We'd at least be able to conceptualize it because we've seen it on the, on the movie screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. We're, uh, we're just about out of time, Ray. Any final thoughts that you'd like to put out there in regards to this?
0: Just... Just that I want everyone to keep their heads on straight. Let's enjoy this moment. It's an important moment um, in, in moving forward. As I said, I think it's a big step forward that we made them lay this card on the table at all. But keep your head on straight. Keep asking questions. Keep pushing for us to go to the next step because you know the fact that they had to do this tells us that they're a little bit on the run a little bit and it's, it's time for this to come out. We need to get on with this and get on with, who we, you know, who we can be as a species. So, um, I know that sounds like a big, a big bold thing, but I mean, uh, you know, it's really important. I think, and I think this is a huge step in that direction.
1: So, agreed. And I think, that, you know, to caveat that it's very important that whatever comes out next, do not hit the panic button. No matter what they tell you, no matter what it looks like, enjoy the moment. You know, react to it initially, and then take that step back. And like you said, use that wisdom. Don't just chase the ice cream truck and process it, talk to people about it before you, you just run with whatever story that they're throwing in your direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ray, you have any uh, websites or anything you want to plug for everybody?
0: Um, just, uh, you know, uh, my book, Anunnaki Awakening Revelation, um, is, is out there. You can get it on Amazon, or um, you can get a signed copy within the continental US at trilogycom and I'm busy working on book two. In fact, I have spent some time this week doing that and then of course uh, our Sixth Sense feeds really trying to get some engaging content out there not just on this topic on other topics and innovations that are going on and different ways of thinking about things and and just encourage you to take part in in all of that and and, and, you know help us help contribute we've got a site Sixth Sense Media Group on Facebook Um, you know if you've got some cool content some cool things you want to share with other people that's a great place to do it because we've got some great people on there who are interested in new ideas.
1: Excellent, excellent point, Ray. And, and you really do have some engaging content out there. And, and uh, w- we really are looking for people, whether it's your first time looking at this information or you've been doing it for 20 years, join the discussion with us. Help us get this information out. Help us, you know, learn. let us learn from one another. We're, we're, we're looking... You know, for engagement out there. So please consider checking us out. You know, I've plugged the website, you know, beginning of the show. I'll plug it again at the end of the show uh, through the Facebook feeds and the Twitter feeds. But uh, lots of good stuff going on there. And, and my compliments to you, Ray. I read the uh, the intro chapter to book two. Ray gave a teaser to those of us out there in uh, Facebook land, the other day, and it is fantastic. I can't wait for this second book to come out. So, if you haven't read the first book, Anunnaki Awakening, I highly recommend you check it out on Amazon. It's a uh, a great way to look at, uh, you know, the ancient past and the Sumerians. Ray uses fiction to help plant some uh, some real nonfiction ideas in a way that's not only entertaining but also informative. So, check it out, at Anunnaki Awakening. Ray, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, please stay on the line once I go ahead and, and close us out of here, uh, and you and I can continue our discussion offline. But it's, it's always a pleasure. You're my first guest on an actual telephone through my equipment, so we will be doing this again, and hopefully more frequently we can get you on the air and uh, do some more wonderful things. So thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Never a dull moment when I get to have a conversation with Ray Davis on the Seeker podcast. He is a wealth of information and it's just a joy to, to speak with and dive deep into these things. And I'm always so impressed with the research that he does and the information that he's able to pull and the connections he's able to make. Uh, so Ray, thank you again for being a guest on the show. This was definitely one for the books here. Great way to close out 2017 Uh, you know, moving into 2018. My friends, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to this show. I hope that moving forward into the new year, nothing but wonderful things come your way. This is the year that we can take charge of our own future. As as, As Ray and I talked about tonight, as I've talked about on other shows, take time, look within, take the time to get to know yourself. Question everything. There's nothing wrong with asking questions in the pursuit of knowledge. Even if it changes the way you view the world, that's okay. That's my goal. I always try to question everything I see out there. I'm looking forward to the things on the horizon for 2018. And my hope is that we can move into 2018 and remember to spread that positive Energy, that positive outlook, that positive vibe, even in the midst of some of the challenges and the scary things that may be out there. I've closed out the last few shows with a brief meditation. I'd like to close out this show and this year with the same thoughts and sentiments that we can project uh, onward and upward into the universe and our surrounding communities because I believe that this is where change starts. Looking at the research coming out of the Maharishi effect, they saw that just 1% of of meditators in a given area can impact the overall level of crimes and violence in an area. So for putting out that piece, we are actually changing the energy of the surrounding area that now scientifically they can show has a direct impact on people's behavior. So let's take a minute and let's do that. As we, as we closed out the last two shows, I'd like to do that again today for the year and just take a moment and pause. If you're not driving Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I want you to think about your highlight of 2017. What was your best moment? What made you proud? What made you happy? What made you feel love or joy? I want you to think about that moment. Think about what allowed that experience to happen. And I want you to re-experience that feeling. What it felt like. I want you to push that feeling into your heart. And just let it resonate now through your body. That feeling of joy, of happiness, of love. Now I want you to visualize it in your heart like a burst of light shooting outward. Outward. And going to your family, the people in your home, the people near you, the people close to you. Let that energy radiate, that positivity, that love, that joy. Spread that to your local community. Picture yourself floating up and back with that energy just bursting out of your heart. Spreading beyond your community, to your county, to your state. Covering the entire country. Picture it now. Connecting with other people's intentions. Other listeners to the show. Other meditators out there. And it's forming a positive healing net around the entire planet. As the radiation grows in strength. Healing the world. 2018 is our year, my friends. We're going to make a positive impact despite the challenges that may be out there. We're going to move forward. We're going to make a decision right now that we will stay positive and focused and do our best to continue to bring about that positive change we're looking for. Have a happy, wonderful, and healthy new year, my friends. I'll be back in 2018. With more great content, more great things coming from the Sixth Sense Media platform. Ray and I have lots in the works, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with all of you. Don't forget, you can connect on Twitter at <clears throat> Six cents Media, Six underscore Sense underscore Media, Facebook.com slash the six Sense Media, ServiceOfchange.com. You can get my free ebook, Ray Davis, with the affirmation spot. Make sure you're connecting with us out there. We have a lot of good things coming out. I promise the future is bright, my friends. That's all the time I have. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change and Sixth Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. (laughs)